and welcome to the Mommy Chronicles. I was thrilled to enjoy this, again, sorry, outdoor nighttime conversation with one of the most driven mothers I know. Operating on adrenaline, and yes, sometimes illicit substances, she feels completely stretched as a full-time working mother. But her love for her children and her husband, and her honesty at what it is like to manage so many working pieces is truly amazing. Enjoy. So, IVF, no IVF, six months later, comes baby number one. Right, comes baby number one. And that was really hard. It was really, really hard. Um, and I, what I was just thinking about was that I wasn't quite ready to try for baby number two because I, I was just, she was colicky and she was difficult. And I thought I would be madly in love with this thing. And I wasn't, I had an emergency C-section after two, two days of labor. It was really hard having a newborn, newborn. It just was really lonely. It's a really lonely time. Wow. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it took about probably until he started smiling that I really, so maybe three months because I was in so much pain with breastfeeding and that I really just head over heels in love. Yeah, totally. And no one tells you that. No one tells you that when it comes out of you, no matter how it comes out. And I had so many issues that I never got to go through natural labor. I never got to push. I never, I had like, I had all these insecurities about having C-section. Why did you have an emergency C? I was a week late and... And then they said that they had to induce me right then. So my husband, we weren't prepared. We didn't have the hospital bag. It's crazy because we were a week late, but we kept thinking that we were going to have a scheduled C. So then I got excited because I was like, oh, I'm going into labor. And then they gave me Pitocin for two straight days. And it, I never dilated. I had terrible, horrible contractions and epidurals twice. And it was really a, a horrific thing. And then by day two, I just, I, I finally acquiesced to the C-section. They wanted to do it much earlier. And I kept wanting to think that I was going to get a vaginal birth. And I didn't. And, and there's like a thing. And like moms, that like people push and it's like, it's like a badge of honor. And I never got it. And there's like an inadequacy. It's crazy. But yeah. How long did it take for you um, to kind of connect with your first? Um, in my head, I had this dream that breastfeeding would be lovely and amazing and such a bonding experience. And it was really painful and sore. And she, um, my firstborn was terrible nurser. She hated it and had a lot of pain and reflux. So that took us a long time to get right. So, um, I didn't, I took off work for a couple months and I think it took me being away from her to really want to be with her, which sounds terrible, but it was true. <laughs> What do, you, what do you mean? Like, once I went back to work, I finally felt like, oh, I really love this kid. But when I was home alone every day, all day long, and I had nobody there with me, I was lonely. And I think I might have postpartum depression. It was very, it's very isolating being a new mom. And it's really hard to recognize it, too. Yeah. And you're so sleep-deprived. It's mm -hmm. no wonder that it's a form of torture. Like, you're just not thinking straight, you know? Okay, so let's get back a little bit. What was the birth that you imagined? Um, having a doula and like having, using all these alternative methods and potentially like, no, I always thought I was going to get an epidural, but definitely delivering vaginally. I never thought that I would have a C-section. I wasn't prepared for the coldness, the pain, the isolation, the post-recovery, how I would feel inadequate. I just never kind of entered my mind that I would have a C-section. 
you truly felt inadequate? Yes. Oh, my God. Totally. And because my oh. kids are, like, close together, I could never even try for a um, VBAC. So I always felt like I missed something out of having a child. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened with the second? Why so close? Why so close? I know, it's a great question. I was traveling a lot for um, my job, and I was mostly pumping because, um, as I mentioned, my firstborn was not a great nurser. And I just honestly don't even remember having sex. I remember that we didn't early on for weeks and weeks, which led to months and months. I remember at some point we did after we finally got a night out. And thereafter, my breast or my breast milk supply went way down. And I thought that I had um, mastitis or infection, et cetera, or stress. And I went to the OB and they said, um, well, you think you might be pregnant and I was like hell no I'm not pregnant I have an eight month old and I'm traveling and and they said let's just do a urine sample pregnancy test to just see and I as happy as I was for the first I was so depressed I was not ready I was not prepared to be pregnant with the second did you consider terminating um I don't know that I ever seriously considered it um but I, I definitely dreamt about it and joked about it. So maybe there's a there's something there. <laughs> um, okay. So were you doing the same kind of job that you're doing now before you had children? Or was it a new career jump after you had children? No, it was the same job, um, similar profession before I had kids um, as after I had kids. I don't – I think um, – so had you taken maternity leave with your first? Yeah, I took maternity leave with my first. I took um, about four months with my first. I had a really supportive um, work environment where I was able to, and we could afford for me to take as long as I wanted. But I have to say, after four months, I was ready to go back. Did you get paid for any of your leave? Yes, for almost three months of it. I think for 11 weeks, um, I got paid for it. Okay. And were you happy with that? Yes. I mean, I think the hardest thing is that, um, at least at the company that I used to work at, there's a lot of people going on maternity leave all the time. And while it's paid, there's no, um, there's no paternity leave and there's no makeup for the work that falls on other people. Uh Um, and it's just, so I felt that kind of sort of burden and guilt of leaving, knowing that my job was, was essentially uncovered and that my teammates were picking that up. You know, I don't know if a man feels that kind of guilt. But I certainly did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you really enjoyed going back to work. Oh, yes. I, I think that I, as much as I feel, um, yeah, I definitely have guilt about being a working mom. But I think, I don't know that I could take care of my kids full time. I feel like I am really challenged even by the weekends, which I feel terrible saying, but it's true. <laughs> so tell me more about that. Tell me more about the guilt and then the weekends. I mean, every day I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to walk in the door to see their faces and to, like, feel their hugs and to hear their words and to hear about school and to, to, to be with them. And then it's just one meltdown after another, and it's very difficult because my child care provider always indicates to me that they don't act that way around her. And so it's, in many ways, I think, you know, it's, it's humans you save the worst for those you feel the most comfortable with. But it's really hard being someone who only gets the worst of my kids Monday through Friday. Hmm. And what are the weekends like? Um, exhausting. Just 
my kids are really close together and my husband and I work full time and I just feel like we're just we're running on fumes. There's no I feel like that's the biggest thing I miss about being a mom. There's just no time for yourself and there's no time where you feel like there's not a to do list that you need to be checking off, you know? Do you think it's harder for a husband and wife to have the same type of intense job and then parent differently versus just having a clear-cut separation of being a stay-at-home mom and some yeah. or a stay-at-home dad and then someone who yeah, works? interesting. You know, it's hard. I, I look at my um, husband's profession and his team, and no one has – no one on his team has a wife that, that works um, – the, like the type of hours that I work and sometimes there's guilt there that I feel like I you know he could do better and it's the same for me I have a lot of working moms and a lot of their their husbands have different types of jobs that are more flexible or stay at home so in some ways you know we've I see I think there's a recognition that because we we each work there's been some sacrifices that both of us have made I don't know if it's exactly to your question but it does we do actually talk about that, yeah. Well, do you feel like there's an equal division of labor between the two um, of you? No, no. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I'm always going to worry about if the kids have sunscreen on or what's happening with their school or when their doctor's appointments are. And he's never going to have that responsibility, and he's always going to worry about things that I don't worry about. But I actually think one of the things that's been great about our marriage is that we have we have very clear division of labor. We don't really mess in each other's space. And while that can be annoying, it's very clear who's responsible for our financial, you know, our taxes are, et cetera. So that I think has been helpful for us because we don't have time to sort of be in each other's business. So you worry about the sunscreen and the teachers and he worries about paying the taxes. Yeah, and sometimes I worry if he dies, I won't know our like passwords <laughs> to our financial. Yeah, it's not great. It's that piece of me wants to do more, um, but it's definitely, and it, in some ways, it's I'm very sensitive to it because it's a lot of what I think about at work around gender divides and household workload, et cetera. Hmm. And in some ways, we have a very um, gender norm upholding division of labor at home. I think about in general, the kids and childcare and he thinks in general about the house and the finances. And the other thing I would say is that I always keep track. It's like a bad thing. I Oh, it's like, it has to be equal. If I do one thing, he has to do another. If I change a poopy diaper, he has to change a poopy diaper. If I get up in the morning before work, then he has to do the next day. And it's not necessarily, it's not life giving to do that in a marriage. I don't know if it is. Yeah. I mean, when everyone's so stretched, you are going to go tit for tat because, yeah. I mean, you're working the same hours and you've read all the studies where women are pulling more physical labor. More. Right. right? And that's not right. the way you envision living your life. So then it becomes. No, and more unpaid labor. Yeah. yeah. And what about cleaning ladies? This is our biggest fight. <laughs> what? <laughs> because I now demand it that it's once a week because I don't want to do it on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I refuse to do it on the weekend. And he just would live with a with a more, um, you know, kind of more filth and dirt than I can stand. And so now we, it actually has helped us because we don't fight about it. We do it once a week, and she does our laundry, and so we pay. We pay people to do everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to have a wife. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, well, what do you enjoy the most doing with your kids, and what do you enjoy the least? Huh. 
I enjoy um, I enjoy being physical with them and teaching them new things. I love swimming and going to the park and playing with friends and being social. I think I ch- I'm really challenged by being home alone with my kids because they're really just at their worst and they're fighting a lot and I feel like I'm at my worst. So I feel really, I don't enjoy being sort of cooped up with them. Do you ever yell or hit? And I feel like yelling apparently is a new spanking. <laughs> you should tell me about that. Or everyone says this. Everyone, everyone yells. yells. But I definitely, when I have, when I recently came back from a trip and I my patience, patience was short and I was exhausted, I yelled a lot. And it just, I went to bed that night feeling terrible because I know that whenever I'm stretched and I'm overwhelmed and I'm tired, I tend to take it out on them. I tend to be short and impatient and difficult. Did your, did your parents yell? Um, my dad could lose his temper, but I don't think I grew up in a yelling household. No. Uh-uh. Do you think your household is a yelling household? I think that I do it more than I like, and it's uh, it's uh, totally tied to how I'm feeling and what the stress level is in my life. The, the other challenge with discipline is that there's a point, I feel like my neighbor told me this, and she has older kids, but there's a point where your kids get from being babies to toddlers to children, and you have to switch from being that nurturing person to being the disciplinarian, and there's, like, no rule book and no guide, and you don't know how to do it. And I think I'm in that point right now, and it's really hard to – go from being the cuddling mom to being the person who has to, it's just hard, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. A toddler is such a different being from an infant. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. And all of a sudden they're at that stage and it's like you're catching up with saying, with being appropriate. It's, it's really, I feel like this new phase is really challenging me. Do you ever curse? All the time, Yeah. In front, in front of them? I mean, I try not to, but yes, I do. <laughs> I know, right? I love you for being so honest. <laughs> and what about hit? Never. So what are your coping mechanisms? Um, lately I've been drinking a lot. Like how much? Um, like every, oh man, probably every work night. And then, yeah, I would say probably every night except Sunday, either drinking or I guess smoking weed. Is that okay to say? <laughs> you guess. I know, right? <laughs> I actually don't know. I inhale. actually don't inhale, right, <laughs> um, Yes, yeah, so I definitely feel like it's, it's at a stressful period, having two young children and working so yeah. much. I'm at, I'm just every day, I, and uh, yeah, and I look forward to it, and that that's like embarrassing to say that I look forward to kind of feeling that relief oh, no. or not being so present in my life. I don't know what, how do you articulate it? Turn it off. Yes, turn it off. Right. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand. Um, how how much do you drink every night? Not much. Not much. I um, probably two glasses would be at my max, but it's just something to take the edge off and and feel like I can handle. Frankly, it makes bedtime easier, and so I don't necessarily even do it after bedtime. I do it before because it's. Um, I don't think we're in a great routine and there's a lot of meltdowns and screaming and I don't want to do this. And, and so it, it makes me feel like I'm a more patient mom. Mm, yeah. And then to sleep, does anything help with sleeping? Yeah, I've been too, um, I, I once in a while get a prescription for a sleep medication. So that is really useful to me because I just have race. I have a lot of racing thoughts at night. It's hard for me to sort of turn it off. Oftentimes after I put the kids to bed, I'm either 
out with friends or I am doing work and right until I turn off the light at midnight or 11.45. So it's challenging. I don't have a great sleep routine. Good Lord, lady. How did you find the time to podcast? Right? <laughs> wow. All right. So how has your relationship with your husband changed after kids? So much. <laughs> oh, man, I would love to hear the answer to this question. I think it's really hard to have a relationship, a strong you know, easy, kind, life-giving relationship after you have kids. The demands on your time are immense, immense and exhausting. And I, it's, so anyway, just speaking, I guess using the I, I, it's very difficult. I feel like we are ships passing in the night. One of us is home or the other one's out. And it's, we don't parent all that similar and we don't spend enough time together and we're not rested enough and we're stressed. And it's just really, it's, it's a very difficult time. What are the biggest stressors? Is it time? Is it sex? Is it money? Is it in-laws? I would say all of the above. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, the top couple, I mean, I think we probably, in-laws is very challenging for us. I would say um, sex and money, too, are very challenging. And then I wouldn't underestimate how different we were raised. Mm-hmm. My husband was raised without a lot of roles. I was raised with a lot of roles and a lot of involvement, a lot of structure. And that presents itself a lot. We parent extremely different, and that causes friction. Yeah. Um, have you guys figured out a, a middle ground with the different parenting styles? Yeah, I mean, I think it's only going to get in some ways more challenging, but we have begun to address that I have a simple role, for instance, uh, about no food in our TV room. Like there just shouldn't be food in our snacks or drinks outside of the kitchen. And we take shifts on the weekend. One of us sleeps in on Saturday and then the other one sleeps in on Sunday. And every time it's my turn to sleep in, it's really difficult to come out. And the room is full of just unhealthy stuff for breakfast and they're watching TV. And it just, we, it's, a, it's a role we've agreed on and we've, and it makes me crazy, and then I lose my temper. So it's just one example of how I feel like sometimes we make agreements, but the, the other person doesn't stick to them, and so it becomes a challenge and a fight, you know? How often did you have sex before you had kids? So in my memory, I mean, I think we went through that hot and heavy time that everyone does when they first start dating, and sex is really great, and you can't keep your hands off each other, and it's awesome. Um... I think I probably noticed the slowdown like year two or three, right before we got engaged. And then I remember early on after we got married, we had a really challenging time and we weren't connecting and we weren't having sex and we went to therapy and that really did help us turn it around. Um, oh, great. But I, I, it's not that since getting married, we'd ha we've had this amazing sex life and um, it's one of the things that we're just trying to work on. <laughs> Is it? Um, that you have different desires or is it just an energy kind of thing? I think, um, hmm. I think there's a, there's a difference in our sort of sexuality need to be touched, feeling intimate levels between him and I, I think there's probably a significant difference. And then I think, um, in many ways, he's more sensitive. He needs to feel connected and that we're in a good sort of emotional place to have sex, and that's not how I need to feel. <laughs> oh, okay. 
So he's more the chick. Yeah, he's more the chick. And he's really huh. sensitive about the lights and his body image and the, are the kids awake and are we, you know, it's just, and yeah. it then gets in my head and it ruins the mood. And I'm like, yeah, so that's hard for me because I feel like it's, I have to always kind of put his mind at rest. Hmm. And you just kind of get need to get laid. Yeah, sometimes you just need to get laid. And sometimes it's just like you don't want to think about it. Yeah. So we've been watching porn lately. How do you feel about that? Oh. <laughs> I feel pretty good about that, actually. I'm really glad that it's so accessible. <laughs> but 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 here's my thing. Like, are you stimulated or aroused? I guess I don't like that word, aroused, but whatever. By really physical images like that? Yes, I think we both are. Like, we watch it oh. together, and we don't watch, like, dirt, like, kind of, I, I just, at heart, like, I'm a feminist. I can't handle, like, heading, like, I just know. Oh, God. Yeah, right? Like, but some people are into that. No, so we just watch, like, normal porn, and then we start, like, making out. What's normal porn? Just man on top, big dick? Yeah, I, no, no, man, but just, like, just, like, one guy, one girl. Okay. And has it helped? Yeah. It definitely has helped. It definitely. And I think if there's a shame with it. On your end or his? Or both? I think more on his. It doesn't <gasps> feel like it on my end. He has like this weird Catholic guilt. I don't know. I don't think porn is bad. I mean, everything in moderation. Right. But he definitely, when we were first, the six months I told you about where we were trying to have, trying to conceive. Mm-hmm. And it got hard. It's hard to sort of then, you know, have an ovulation stick. And then within 12 hours, and because of our work, it got, it got, um, more like a job than it was fun and so I told him we should go to a porn store and like then while we were trying to see <laughs> he was so embarrassed and I just wasn't oh. it's just it's yeah. funny that is really funny not for any other reason than I think the gender role in that specific instance is flipped yeah exactly right which is why I, I talk about it it's hard it's like he honestly has to have a shower he has to feel really clean he has to be connected to me it's like sometimes I'm like the checklist before we have sex is intense yeah and how are things now after you have two children are you hoping for a third yeah I mean I no I'm, I think I two kids also a lot of kids wait so I, you just I, went from ah, no, no. No. <laughs> I'm ready to give away my baby stuff. I just am also a little bit vain where I don't want to be pregnant again. And I just feel like I'm already having my, my kids are, are just hard for me. There's some, some moms that can have like three or four kids and it's no big deal. It's just not me. It's, it's just, and I, because I work, I don't spend that much time with them. So I just don't think it would be fair to bring another baby into this world, you know? Yeah. And what about your body? You said you were vain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting to a point where I was never, I never had to exercise. I always had a really good metabolism and I always was able to feel good about myself. Except in college, I had an eating disorder. I forgot about that. So maybe that's not true. When my parents got divorced, I was anorexic for like a year and a half. And that, um, that was a terrible, really... Um, anxiety-ridden period of my life. So is it more about anxiety than your actual body? Yeah, I mean, I think that I've always been a little bit concerned about what people think of me probably more than I should be. Um, But I never had a challenge with my weight or feeling good about myself. But there was a real period of um, stress with school. I was was very... um, was in the top of my class and had a scholarship and had a lot of pressure on doing well and maintaining a scholarship 
when I was an undergrad and, and my parents simultaneously were getting divorced and I was, I was a hot mess. And so there was some eating disorder that, that developed really like at that point. And then since I, since then, I mean, I, I definitely feel like I struggle with feeling good and looking good, especially after kids. I feel like it just changes your body in ways that you, that are unexpected. Yeah. What were some of the unexpected ways for you? I went back to having a C-section. I never thought that I would have a scar with like a little muffin top on top. And it's just, yeah. it's really hard and it's hard to sort of, and my breasths are uneven and, you know, and it's hard. How long did you end up breastfeeding with both your kids? So both, both of them a little less than a year, a little less than a year. And and did you pump at work? Yes, that's how. That was really, really challenging. Although I have to say my experience is a little bit different because breastfeeding my children was not this amazing, you know, parenting magazine experience where it's, you know, they just latch and it's beautiful and it feels lovely and it's white sheets and it was really, really painful and hard and, and they hated it and they had reflexes and they weren't getting weight. So for me, pumping was actually a really great thing. But you stuck through it for almost a year? Yes. How did you ship back your milk? Um, FedEx with, um, the, like essentially ice bags, I would, I would put it on planes and I would ship it home and I came back to work and this was the, my best advice to new moms is that you have to plan when you're going to pump because my job is incredibly insane. So I remember getting through the first week and I essentially had mastitis. I was totally full because I, I kept thinking, oh, I'll pump a 10 and I'll pump it one and I'll pump it four. And I never put it on my schedule. And so I never had time. People were in my office the whole time. And I got really sick. And so when I came back with number two, I blocked all of my day around pumping. And it was the simplest thing, but it really helped me maintain my working life, you know? Wow, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I pumped for a long time, too, but I, I couldn't even imagine doing that while traveling internationally. My favorite is pumping on a train to New York. And... Um, I was surrounded by men in suits, and I also had a black suit on. And I put the hooter hider over, and the guy <laughs> next to me, like, never even knew that I was pumping. And he was on his Blackberry and his cell phone, and I'm like, you have no idea <laughs> what women go through. You know, it's just incredible. Or standing in bathrooms. I pumped in so many public bathrooms with heels on. What we do for kids, right? Yeah. That's dedication, man. Do you think... It do you think it helped you or helped them more? I mean, it helped them, of course, because of all the research and, you know, studies we know around breastfeeding. But it helped me stay connected to them. I felt like one time or three times or every many times each day I was actually doing something for my kids, you know, and that really made me happy. Yeah. Because it made me feel connected to them. And I would get home even after they went to bed and I would put their milk in the fridge. And I actually was really... Um, I was rewarded emotionally in a way that I, it was unexpected. I didn't think that I would enjoy that piece of it, giving them something, you know? Yeah, that's great. So um, how do you feel about your kids, nature versus nurture? Oh, that's a hot one. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I would, I would err on the side of it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's a mix there. I think I worry about kids with the same gender, we were talking about this earlier, but the comparison between them, I just, um, you know, and my kids are really close together. So there's just a natural comparison and it's really, um, I just want them to be their own beings and to have a unique voice. And it's hard to kind of have, I feel like as parents these days, there's so much pressure to raise kids 
not only healthy, but also with confidence and leadership skill. It's just really overwhelming, you know? How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then how do you motivate them intrinsically? Right. <laughs> Is that nature or nurture? Right. And I feel like there's all these things, these studies now that say don't particularly with girls, and, and maybe I'm more familiar with those, but they don't say that they're smart. You say that they're hardworking. Right, because yeah. you want them to understand what it takes to achieve something. And that, you know, I just think there's so much parenting advice out there that I, I it just, it feels overwhelming, I guess. Yeah, there's studies that come out all the time about parenting. Um, how do you process all of that? Do you just pick and choose what feels right? Yeah, I feel like I'm not as aware of all the studies that come out as, as you are or other people. So in some ways, maybe there's a blissful ignorance there because I'm just like I don't have time in my life to understand. I just I, I, I've sort of neglected that. Right. But I think I do pick and choose. I hear what I want to hear. I'm really into sort of the challenging gender norms and the anti-princess and all of this. And yet my child loves that stuff. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's really hard because I feel like in some ways it's like life. Your kids challenge you in ways that that sort of the world is like you need to be challenged in, you know? So what was the biggest surprise to you about raising children? How exhausting it is and how lonely it is. I guess there's a lot of surprises. <laughs> well, just two in particular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's just no one tells you how. It's just all day, every day. And the worry after they go to bed and the thinking, it's just, it's such an emotional, full experience that it's, and it's not always happy. It's also heartbreaking. You know, it's really hard too, and it's confusing. And I, I just, I wish we as moms would support that message more because I, I don't think any of us really have. It's, we're doing, you know, we're doing okay. <laughs> we all feel that, you know, no one feels like they're kicking it out of the park. Yeah, I wish I felt that. <laughs> Right? <laughs> that we all know what we're what doing. Do you wish you, what do you wish you could tell the younger you now about having children? Um, my first reflection to that conversation is that I feel so much happier in life than I did as a, like, angsty teen or as a 20-year-old that was, you know, drinking too much and hooking up with too many boys and not sure what I was going to do in life. I feel like the 30s is awesome because you finally get to a point where you know who you are and what you want, and I love that. I think the challenge of marriage and kids and work and life is um, is exhausting. It's really exhausting. And, you know, I guess what I wish I could tell myself is just give myself a break. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm my harshest crit critic, as I think many of us are. Yeah. Do you think it's hard living in an area that people are not directly competitive, but very highly educated and wealthy? Everyone... Um, everyone has money and is smart and wants the best for their kids and has a really a lot going on in their life and come from amazing backgrounds in education, everyone in our area. And it is intimidating because I think that there's a period with all of us that is like, well, we have to do this or keep up with that or, and it's, and it's just, it's a, it's a downward spiral, you know, it does, it doesn't lead to anything, but it's, it's, it's your nature to do it. It's all of our nature. But then we all have kind of these rebellious streaks to kind of fight against that, to kind of stake our identities as being unique. 
What is yours? Huh, my rebellious streak. You know, I, I think I don't like, um, I've always been like this. I'm a rule breaker. I like challenging sort of the status quo. Um, whether that's at work or at home or in my relationship, I don't like when people sort of try to tell me this is the box you have to stay in or this is what you have to do. I'm really inspired, which is part of the reason that I do the work that I do because I feel like it's meaningful and it it helps me feel like I have a place in this world. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's something, the, the comparing is really, really not something, again, that we talk about much, but something that everybody struggles with. Yeah. Yeah. Identity is a really big uh, thing that comes to the forefront when you have kids. And don't you feel like once you're a mom, it's like you lost yourself. That's one of the, I think maybe we haven't touched on it yet, but I feel like I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not just like somebody at work and everyone needs something for me at work and at home every, you know, my kids need something for me and my husband needs something for me and, and, you know, my family and there's no really space in my life for just me anymore. And that's, that's a lot that is just challenging to deal with. Yeah. And so we, I know that I try to seek out ways to stake that. Yep. So I'm not just a mom. So I'm not just a wife. So I'm not just, you know, a robot lawyer. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and what are, I think what I struggle with is, is like you said, seeking it out rather than kind of pushing it down, which goes back to sort of maybe drinking too much or, you know, just kind of numbing myself. And that is something that I think I'm challenged with right now because I feel so overwhelmed at all. I walk in my office and I just have 40 people waiting for me and needing sign off in this and it never stops. And then I walk in the door and I have two kids that need tubby and it just feels like I am so sucked dry that when is the time for me? There isn't one. <laughs> it's a podcasting with you and drinking with you. <laughs> well, you're one of the most inspiring people. So sucked. I know. I'm not kidding. Oh, I mean, come on, you know me. I'm not going to pump hot air up you. Right. <laughs> Unless you deserve right. it, which you do. Smell. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I feel really good about that. I feel not so alone. My identity <laughs> feels... <laughs> How do you do? You go rock climbing. What do people do? What do moms do? This is an inquiring mind wants to know about how do moms keep them themselves like, and their own identity. Um, I shop too much. I work out a lot. I podcast and I try to feel cool, which in and of itself is the most like cliche oh <laughs> in a box that I put myself I in to not feel like I'm in another box. Right. right. Yeah. Is, sorry, this is kind of probing where maybe I don't belong, but is that kind of maybe a reason why you flirt sometimes with other people? Totally. Totally, because you want to feel that, like, validation and attention. And you know it's a little wrong. Of course. It's, of course you know it's a little wrong, but it also feels really, it's like that, I always think about my my dog. When he what? It's a ridiculous story. But <laughs> we were making cookies, and we left brown sugar on the table, and he, like, over the course of, I don't know, eight hours, ate, all, like, two pounds of brown sugar. <laughs> And all I can think about is he's like, this hurts, and I'm vomiting. And then he would, like, vomit and go back even more, and then vomit. And you're just, he's just like, I can't stop. This is the best day of my life. When am I going to see this again? That's kind of how I feel like with, like, with men. I'm just like, when, when is this going to happen? It's sugar. Right? 
I love you. <laughs> okay, are we almost done? <laughs> We're done. Okay, We're good. done. Okay, I'm cutting in. <laughs> thank, okay, bye. Thank you for your time. <laughs> bye.